Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined once again by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Guys, 16 days until the Cowboys kick off. And if you just want college football back, we're only nine days away because Notre Dame and Navy play next Saturday in Ireland. Woo! How about that? Let's go. I love it. I love it. If you guys could pick any place for Oklahoma State to play an international game that you would want to attend, where would it be and why? Yo, for me, I mean, North London has one of the most impressive stadiums in the world, in my opinion, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So far, six NFL games have been played there since it opened in 2019, and two more are scheduled for this October. So be on the lookout for that if you haven't seen it already. Check it out on YouTube. I think it's awesome. And uh, with a capacity of 62,850, pretty similar in size to Boone Pickens Stadium. So I feel like it'd be a, a perfect fit. Yeah, hey, you know me. I'm, you know where I'm from. I'm from the DR of Congo. So go to Kinshasa, the capital of Congo. Get us in the Stade de Martyr de la Pentecôte, simply known as Stade de Martyr. Uh, which has a capacity of 80,000 people. How dope would it be to have Oklahoma State in Africa just getting a whole bunch of fans? I'm sure they there's not a lot of exposure to American football, although there are a lot of Congolese American football players, and just get all of Congo to become fans of the Cowboys. You know, Wouldn't that be dope? That's my vote right there. NFL Africa is a thing. Let's go and make NCAA Africa a thing. Nice. NFL Africa is a thing. I, I know I was thinking about where I would want it to be because I'd want it to be somewhere where I haven't been so I can cross another country off my list. And this just came to me. I don't have a stadium in mind because I did not look this up. Literally, I'm just thinking about this. But Eve, you mentioned all the Nigerian names and how, how Houston's yeah. a hotbed for Nigerian football players. I'm like, let's go to Nigeria. That'd be cool. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. In fact, you know, owed to... And former Oklahoma State football player, Emmanuel Agba, who currently is one of the owners of a flag football team as a part of NFL Africa, the whole uh, uh, initiative. He's one of the owners of a flag football team in Nigeria, actually. So that's really cool that, uh, that he gets to be a part of that. Well, powers that be, if you're listening, take our advice. I'd settle for London. I would not be mad about another or not another a a. Cowboy football game in London. So maybe we'll get on the international circuit in the near. Come on now. Hey, at the very least, I think the, the easiest way to get to Africa would probably be like going through Cape Town. Like Cape Town has had several matches, like college matches, I believe soccer take place over there. I think that's an easy integration. Come on. Who who do we need to talk to? Coach Gundy? Somebody's got to make this happen. 
Probably your mark would have to be involved in that in some capacity, but we'll make some calls, see what we can do. Paint the world orange. Yeah, yeah. Get on the phone. (laughs) We got to make this thing happen. Well, since we're not going international, guys, the good news is that Boone Pickens has sold out of season tickets this season, so the crowd won't be traveling because they'll be here with us in Stillwater. Super exciting news. Brett McMurphy reported that earlier this week. Sold out season tickets for the first time since 2013. That includes clubs, suites, and student tickets. Considering the season that we had last year, guys, are you surprised at all by this announcement? Yeah, there's no place like home. Okay. There is no place like home. It's if you would have looked at the end of the season and would have told me after the mass exodus in the transfer portal that we will be selling out for the first time in 10 years. I would have said, come on now, be for real. But here we are. And I think that just speaks to the great job that this staff, uh, coaching staff, the administrative staff has done in ensuring that we still have the players, that we made the right hires, and that we are putting the right things in place and creating that buzz and that excitement, um, you know, just around the football program. And I think it speaks a lot also to just the commitment of the fans, right? You know, we're Oklahoma State. We are loyal and true. So when everybody thinks that things are falling apart, here we come rallying and galvanizing around the football program and saying, no, 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 we're still here. So you love to see that uh, from the Oklahoma State family. Couldn't have said it better. Totally agree. And, uh, you know, I think it maybe helps uh, that our stadium capacity is a little bit less now. Like, Because back in the day, like 2013 was 60,218. Um, same seats. They've just been adjusted, so they're a little bit wider. Um, but, you know, hey, I think it's worth it. I know some fans aren't happy about that, but, hey, man, I was there for college game day in 2013 when we hosted Baylor, and yeah. I know we were at full capacity because there was not enough room to swing it. It was cat. loud. It was crazy. Yes. Um, but, yeah, you'd think with the lower capacity, it'd be easier to sell out season tickets. But, I mean, my guess is that the games beyond TV play a role in that. You can watch the game from the comfort of your home on a high-def TV, better TV angles. Uh, ticket prices, I'm sure, will play a role in that. And you kind of have to weigh that against the cost of livings. Is it worth it to get season tickets? Are you willing to pay for travel each week and pay for parking and concessions? And I don't and know. We just, and, yeah, and we are. And we are. That's the thing. And that's what I'm saying. That's when it comes down to it. I mean, we've got 55,000 people that are absolutely willing to do that. Um, they're able to make that time commitment. Um, and, and pay those prices because the the experience that you get in Boone Pickens Stadium is it's tough to beat. Um, you, you certainly get a lot more out of it than just sitting at home on your couch. Yeah, what's been really cool over this past week has been that drone video that we took from Homecoming uh, that has been circulating around the Twitter sphere or the X sphere, whatever you want to call it now. Uh, just circling all over the place. And man, what a really just dope video that is. I'm glad that that's getting a lot of, you know, whirlwind again, not just from Oklahoma State Twitter, but even some of the national media I've seen has been posting that. And it just it just gets you fired up. You know, whenever we're just a few weeks away, uh, man, there's no place like being in Stillwater, Oklahoma for game day. Eve, are you going to come up this year for a game? Well, I'm, I'm definitely already coming to... The what is it? September, golly, Justin, sixteenth, I think it was for the South Alabama game. Yep, that's the one. Yep, it's because they're 16. honoring our guy. Yeah, so we're making it to that one a hundred percent. 
gonna try to make it to another one uh, as well. Just haven't decided which one yet. Depends. Probably depends on how the season goes. So one month from today or one month from tomorrow, Eve, we might finally meet in person. Oh, let's go! Yes, yeah. Hopefully you're there that week too. Don't try to don't try to skip town on us. So that's the baseball jersey weekend. We're all wearing the <gasps> baseball jersey baseball. weekend. Got to do yeah. it early enough in the season so, so that it's not too cold out there. If you're listening. And you want you have an orange Oklahoma State baseball jersey, or just any Oklahoma State baseball jersey, wear it for the South Alabama game. I love it. That's a good. That's a good call right there. Good call. Which, by the way, Justin, you went to that Baylor game, the one that you're referencing in 2013. That was that game was freaking freezing, wasn't it? Like it was really cold in the stadium <laughs> that day, if I, if I remember. Correctly. It was colder than my ex girlfriend's shoulder. Like. I, I don't think there's ever been a game colder than that one. But, you know, with the way that the game went, with everybody packed in there and with us just thumping Baylor, yeah. it was totally worth it. So, yeah, you couldn't feel your legs after a little while. But, hey, you didn't need to. I mean, we were just cheering our lungs out. It was great. Yeah, I remember at that time I was doing an internship for Cowboys Sports Properties and Learfield Sports. So I showed up early to, you know, set up the tent outside and all that, which was freezing. And then I got to hang out in the suites for most of the game. Right. So, you know, it's warm out there. But then during halftime, I'm going back out there, setting up all the stuff for the halftime show. I'm like, yo, I can't wait to go back inside. So, yeah, that's one thing that I'm going to try to avoid as much as I can is that cold up there. How cold was it really? Because as someone from the Northeast, we have different definitions of what cold is. I wouldn't be willing to say it gets colder in Oklahoma than it does, than it does in the Northeast. No. Yeah. No. I, th- I think so. And no. it's just like open land and still water. And so when you have and anything the wind. coming when from the north, a- just the wind is brutal. It doesn't get blocked by anything. It's It was cold. I just – coldest game I've probably been – and then like the very next week I guess was – the Bedlam game. And uh, that was maybe just as cold, if not colder, but um, yeah, that was the a coldest game I've right ever been to. Yeah. And, and in fact, the coldest game that I've ever been to was the one that I played in the heart of Dallas bowl. That yeah. one was the worst, <laughs> like, just hands down the coldest game that I've ever been a part of and that, that I've ever played in. Um, but, and that one was in Texas. So Meg, I don't know, man, like the Northeast, you might have to, you know, you, you Y- y'all ain't even as cold as Texas. My goodness, what is that? Yeah, it's a different different level of cold here. Different types I will of cold. Give you I think. The wind, the wind here is a major factor. It is a major factor. Although I will say, I will take Oklahoma winter any day over you know a foot of snow every other day in the Northeast, which was definitely a thing. There was one winter we got a hundred inches of snow, so that was hmm. you don't see that in Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, it's because all the the wind chill, like the the cold wind, just blows all the snow away. It's just it doesn't stick. I think it's like it was probably like legit. It was probably ten degrees, and I think if there was like a wind chill factor, it was probably like negative thirty eight. Yeah, yeah. I I remember. Yes, I will agree that it's cold. (laughs) No, so so Brandon Whedon got drafted to the Cleveland Browns, and I remember one of the local reporters asked him. They were like, "Hey, you're coming to Ohio." It gets really windy in this state. You know, how do you feel about throwing the football in the wind? And his response was perfect. He goes, 
uh, have you ever been to Oklahoma? <laughs> like literally we have these windmills because there's so much wind power and wind energy that powers a freaking state. So people underestimate just how windy Oklahoma is because it's one of those states that gets all the extremes of all four seasons. We had like 80 mile an hour gusts the other night at midnight in a storm. So yeah, the wind here as someone who did not grow up here, that was a rude awakening oh, yeah. for me, just how windy Bro, it can get. It was a legit rude awakening. It blew my door open and it caused like the alarm to go off. So I was like up out of bed I'm... thinking that somebody was breaking in. It wow. just I'm happened Sunday? to be like whatever it was. Yeah, a couple of couple nights ago. Yeah. Nights ago. Yeah. Night. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. So Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma gets earthquakes. Oklahoma gets tornadoes. Oklahoma gets 110 degree weather. Oklahoma also gets negative degree weather. Anything that you can think of happens in Oklahoma. And I remember there was one year in particular where me, I'm not going to name which teammate, we, me and one of our teammates, we got in a, his truck and we decided that we were going to go uh, tornado chasing, storm chasing. It was like, uh, it was one of those situations where everybody had to go into the basement of uh, Gallagher Iga, uh, Gallagher Iba Arena because it was such you know severe weather. And me and this guy, we we're like, yeah, we're gonna go and try to find the eye of the tornado. <laughs> That's what we did. And after driving around for like ten minutes, our car started just hydroplaning, and we we're like, yo, this is just a bad idea. Let's go uh, back. Let's go back to the basement with everybody else. Yeah. Random story from the uh, delinquent days. Guys, in 16 days, we'll have too much football to talk about that we won't have time for these tangents. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. You got to love the tangents, though. I think people appreciate it. Tangent season. Let's go. The other big story coming out this week, aside from Oklahoma State selling out of tickets, was that the AP preseason top 25 poll was released and Oklahoma State was left out of the poll. We didn't even make the, quote, receiving votes category. Fear not, Cowboy fans. We were also left out of the preseason top 25 in 2021, and we all know how that season ended with an epic win over Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Guys, what do you make of the preseason rankings? Do you even care? <laughs> uh, I I like to think that I don't care. I care a little bit because, I mean, it's it, uh, it has a perception that will inevitably be carried with you throughout the season. So, uh, if you're ranked high to begin with and drop off, it doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal because you were ranked high in the preseason polls. And, you know, people people go into the season thinking that you're some hot stuff. And then if, uh, you know, you're ranked low and then you work your way up and you win 10 games, they're like, okay, well, you know, who'd you beat? And you end up being ranked like 15 to 17 range or something like that. And it's kind of like, just a perpetual uphill battle for some teams, it seems like. And if you have a helmet logo that everybody recognizes, then it's great for you. So, um, you know, I think that maybe the the voters are down a little bit on the Cowboys, kind of for the same reason they're so high on Florida State. Like FSU finished the season on a six-game win streak, and they had high recruiting rankings in the transfer portal. And then, you know, Brett McMurphy, who we mentioned earlier, he had Florida State ranked number three ahead of Ohio State and Alabama. Yeah. Wow. So I'm just like, I don't know. The Pokes, I guess, are the opposite of that. Uh, you've, you've finished this, the season on a, uh, an abysmal losing streak, basically. Um, voters don't care about injuries. Uh, transfer portal, the perception of that, the rankings weren't great for the guys that came in, transferred in. Um, 
and especially for the, you know, where, where we should be uh, for as a program for has, you know, laid as a foundation for the team over the last decade and a half. But, you know, based on that logic, I can't fault the voters. Like it makes no sense to vote for the Cowboys as a top 25 team based on that reasoning alone. So you just got to go prove them wrong. Yo, to quote, to, to quote the great Michael Ray Gundy, we've got a logo too. All right. I think that's the reason why you make a statement like that. It's because you're like, why do we still keep getting constantly disrespected year after year after year? But I don't know what else you have to do. Does, does Mike Gundy have to keep going on stage to Zach Bryan's band? Like, does he have to just follow him on tour and keep showing up on stage every time he's on concert in order for us to get some kind of recognition? Like, what the heck is going on? Now, I will say I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I like to go on a little rant, a little tangent, but we all know what the deal is. A lot of this top 25 preseason rankings is because of, you know, television marquee matchups. Make sure that ranked teams are playing against one another so that you can boost ratings, hopefully. And another thing that we know is that in 2021, whenever we weren't ranked in the preseason, guess what ended up happening? We went on to win the Fiesta Bowl. So I guarantee you, if we start the season 3-0, and we'll be in the top 25, let alone Top 20. <laughs> we could be in the top 20 if we just start off 3-0. and So I ain't worried about it as long as we take care of business. I think to be top 20, we would need a dominating win over Arizona State. I'd be fine with that. I, oh, I'm fine with that, too. Oh, totally fine with that. <laughs> I'm just saying that if you have a close win against – I mean, I think you could still – if you're 3-0, and I think you can obviously crack, crack the top 25. But to crack the top 20, I think a convincing win over Arizona State – could be also a factor in that. Oh, somebody, somebody's going to get blown out somewhere in the country and it's going to drop them completely out and we're going to be right in. Like, I wonder how far away we are from the top 25. For all we know, we might be like 27. You know, we might be right there. We didn't there. get any receiving votes, Eve. I think we're pretty far off. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't remember what the extended ratings were. I think it was like around 42, 43, if I remember correctly. I think that that's just a part of being an Oklahoma State fan. You're used to being slept on. You're used to being the underdog, and you got to scratch and claw for everything that you get. I will say, Justin, I see what you're saying about the different rankings and starting out in the poll and you know versus not and how that can affect you the rest of the season. I personally would rather be in Oklahoma State's position now, be not in the top 25, be this year's TCU where you have zero expectations going into the season. Everyone's like, Next. could they be undefeated? Could they not be undefeated? I don't know. We're going to see lots of question marks. So I'd rather be in our position now where there are zero expectations. And at the end of the season, people can be saying, hot damn, should not have slept on Oklahoma State, then be in the top 25 right now, fall out like we did last season. And then it's like, where did we go wrong? So I'd much rather be on this side of things and say, F it, we're going to go out and prove ourselves than sure. go out in top 25 and be like, oh, they've just fell from grace. <laughs> I definitely agree with that, but I mean, it, it is always a good feeling whenever you have that little number next to your name. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And we will. as many yeah. as and many we weeks will. as possible that yeah. we can have that. That's great. Um, hey, and the lower the number, the better. Look, we we're, we're sold out. All right, so you tell them we're coming, and hell's coming with us. You hear? I will say for people curious as to, well, what Big 12 teams are in the top 25, if not Oklahoma State? There are zero top 10 teams in the Big 12, or there are no Big 12 teams in the top 10. 
The Texas Texas is the highest ranked team in the conference. They are at 11, followed by K-State at 16, TCU 17, OU at 20. OU finished six and seven last year. Greg McElroy came out last night. Not that we care about Greg McElroy, but I'm going to say he <laughs> said that he felt that OU was low and that they should be a little bit higher on the list. And I'm like, Greg, I thought that I liked you and I don't anymore. But why are people so high on OU? Who did they add that really makes them top 25 conversation? They had a worse season than us last year. They were just consistently bad as opposed to us starting out hot and then falling off. Like I said, I mean, that logo on that helmet, it carries a lot of weight. Um, They got a logo. They... It's just the track record, history of college football. Now, I will say this, like looking back at last year, I saw they were 0-5 in one score games last season. So if they can figure out how to win close games again, that already puts them in a position to be a 10 or 11 win team, which is obviously worthy of a top 25 ranking. Yeah, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about UO too much. So ditto. It's always great. Just hopefully it looks like they're coming back from it getting ranked high, coming to Boone Pickens Stadium and get spanked. That's all we can hope for. That's the dream. One last thing to note on the top 25 rankings is that Southern Alabama, who we play September 16th, did get votes, and we did not. So don't sleep on Southern Alabama when they are here in a month. Hey, if we beat them decidingly, then it's going to be, oh, they were overrated. If we beat them close, they're going to be like, oh, wow, look at Oklahoma State. Who can barely get past Southern Alabama? It's a lose-lose for us. <laughs> Either <laughs> Straight up, yeah. But, hey, I mean, good for them. I hope they're ranked. So by the time they come to Stillwater, they get spanked. Just make it look that much better. That's right. Wow. Props to them, though. I mean, they're coming off a – 10 win season last year. And I think they have a lot of returning starters. So definitely don't sleep on them, but you should absolutely handle business. Take care of them at home. No doubt about that. And if you want to help the Cowboys take care of business this season and earn a top 25 ranking, then you should attend tryouts next week for walk-ons. It is tryout time. Each potential walk-on will be tested on body measurement, speed, agility, and strength. There is a mandatory paperwork meeting on August 22nd at 5 p.m. in the team meeting room. And then two days later on August 24th, tryouts start at noon at the Sherman E. Smith facility. You must be enrolled as a full-time student currently to walk on. Justin and Eve, I think you guys know a thing or two about these tryouts. We do. Sure do. Sure do. And I, and I have to give some context too. like, you got to realize, like, whenever my family came to the United States from Congo, we didn't know anything about college sports. Like, I didn't even know personally that you could get recruited and get a scholarship to play collegiate football. I remember whenever I was in high school, every now and then I would get a letter in my locker or my coach would bring a letter in my locker. And it was some school that was sending a letter and saying like, hey, we'd like for you to come check us out or whatever it was. And my coach would always tell me, hey, I want you to fill this out and go home to your parents and you mail this thing off right now. I didn't know what the heck he was talking about, so I never did it. Like, I, I just didn't know. I didn't know anything. I was just so ignorant <laughs> to the whole process. And I remember whenever it was time to go to, to school, I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is just like high school. You just go and you try out for the team 
and you make the team, right? So that's how it was. Like I remember seeing all the information online about how to go about the tryout process, being in communication with Scott Yielding, who was uh, you know a coach at Oklahoma State at the time, and showing up for tryout day. This guy shows up in a bicycle as I'm walking into the facility. It was Jace Chilco, quarterback over there, who ends up becoming one of my best friends, right? I was in, a groomsman in his wedding. I see Justin Southwell there, and I'm like, okay, who is this guy who, you know, I'm, I'm going to be competing against for this freaking spot. Justin ends up becoming one of my best friends. I see Tyler Fields there, who ends up becoming a best friend of mine. I see Nehemiah Mundy, who, who I, I talked to literally today. So, like, all these people that ended up becoming lifelong friends of mine were at this walk-on tryout, which was essentially just a bunch of combine-style drills. And, you know, you do your height, you do your weight. I weighed in at, you know, 5'10", 165 pounds, which was embarrassing. But, you know, went out there, you run your 40, you do your vertical jump, you do your bench presses. Uh, essentially, they're just making sure that you're not going to get destroyed whenever you go out against these D1, these D1 players. And I remember Michael Riekenstein was the punter who was also there. And he and I were lined up side by side to run the 40-yard dash together. And it was one of those things to where you weren't going by yourself. You had to go like whenever they said, ready, set, go. And I just kind of blew him out of the water. I was like, yeah, yeah, put me, <laughs> put me up against this guy again. Like, I like running this fast. He just made me look so much faster. And, uh, yeah, again, another guy who I speak to on a regular basis that was at that walk-on tryout. So it was really cool. It was, it was a cool opportunity to be a part of. Um, you know, later on, I got really involved in the athletic program, got a scholarship eventually. But there's nothing uh, like actually building that bond with the individuals that you go through this with, because there's something that is forged whenever you suffer together with another individual. Yeah. And, you know, when you were talking about bench press, it was kind of funny because you mentioned chill coat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're in that thing and we're just it gets kind of like one after another. So you learn as you're watching, but Chilcote gets up there. He's doing bench press. So you have to choose between 185 or 225. A lot of the smaller skill position guys are going to pick 185. A lot of the linemen, linebackers type, they'll go for 225. So Chilcote, being a quarterback, goes for 185, and he doesn't come all the way down to touch his chest. Goes right back up. <laughs> Zero. Coach G's out here yelling. Yeah. Counting the reps for him. Zero. After, after Zero. repping it out. <laughs> Zero. Zero. He's like, Coach, what are you talking about? You need to touch your chest. He goes Yo, down, touches so his funny. chest. One. And he like racks it immediately after that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, this is after like rep 16. <laughs> Bro, it was so funny. And uh, yeah, so I knew, all right, I'm definitely going to go with 185. I need to make sure that I can touch my chest and rep these things out. Oh, come on. Bro. Um, but yeah. Looking back, I probably could have, you know, did the 225, but I was just nervous, you know? I was like, ah, you got to make sure you touch your chest, and it's that big of a deal. Um, but, yeah, like you are like you're talking about vertical, um, I just remember some of the guys, I don't want to call out any names, but there was a receiver in there who um, had a pretty embarrassing vertical. We're pretty good friends now, but not going to call him out. But, man, how did you make the team with that vertical? I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, that 40 time. So you run two 40s, and I was actually matched up against a DB, and I beat him both times. And I remember him being so mad that he got beat by a short white guy. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I remember that was a, a fun process. There were probably about anywhere between 75 and a hundred guys that were out there. And if you look at the list of the walk-ons that made it that year, our year has the shortest list out of oh, all nine. the other ones for, for whatever reason, they just weren't taking as many guys. So I like to kind of put that little feather in my cap. Like, yeah, we made it. We made it with uh, the smallest group here. It's cool. Yo, it was, it was a real athletic feat. Like you had to really be out there and showing out and it was competitive. And I tell you what, when you look back at that, you know, that Oh nine walk on group, I remember, gosh, man, like some of the people that we had on that, on, on our team, even the team that came in before us, Mike Robb, um, and, and the, the year after us, Elliot Jeffcoat was a guy who was a 2000 yard rusher out of high school. You know, like you have some legitimate players who were like the guy whenever they were in high school who were walk-ons at Oklahoma State for whatever reason um, coming across the country guys from Georgia guys from South Carolina guys from California coming into the program mm -hmm. and it was just you know it, it was really cool um, to be a part of that entire experience what made you guys want to walk on to the football team was that something that you had planned I mean Eve you explained you had no clue about college sports, yeah. but Justin, when were you like, I'm walking on? <laughs> well, so I went to Oklahoma Baptist my freshman year and they didn't have football at the time, but they did have intramural flag football. So I played that. Um, and you know, keep in mind that there are fewer people enrolled at OBU than there were at my high school. So the competition wasn't anything special, but I had a lot of people just praising my game. So it built up my confidence and I decided in that for good reason over november or something like that that i was just going to obsess over working out and gaining weight i knew i was going to transfer to osu and i've always had this dream of making the football team so i'm working out like six days a week this state-of-the-art facility and at a private university i'm taking full advantage of an all-you-can-eat cafeteria um so i put on my freshman 15 of muscle and uh after one day of working out, I'm walking back to my dorm and it's getting late. So the sun's setting, it's getting dark outside. And there's this big field between the workout facility and my dorm. So I kneel down, pray to God. I said, let me know if this is going to be worth it. And I just take off in this dead sprint. And I couldn't even feel my legs because they were moving faster than I ever had felt like I was running like 40 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Tears were flowing after like just all the favor that I felt. So it was this incredible feeling. And that's whenever right. I knew I was like, it's going to be worth it. I'm definitely going to pursue this dream. And I, yeah, I tell you, whenever I got there and I was waiting for the call for us to find out whether or not we made the team. I remember whenever I moved to college, I had Metro PCS was my phone service. And Oklahoma did not service Metro PCS. So everybody that called me went directly to voicemail or they could shoot me a text and I'd be able to respond. But like the following day or two days later, I was going to go and switch over to Verizon or T-Mobile or whoever. And I remember I just thinking to myself, yo, if somebody calls, they're not going to get through to me. They're going to have to leave me a voicemail for me to find out. So I go to sleep that night. Like I just I didn't know if I had made the team or not. And just like randomly I wake up at like three in the morning. And I decided to check my phone and see if anybody had left me a voicemail. And I remember Scott Yielding just said, hey, Eve, this is Scott Yielding. Um, just wanted to let you know that we were impressed by the tryout that you had. And 
yeah, man, we have a spot for you. So, you know, come over to the facility in the morning. And I didn't hear anything else after that. <laughs> after he said, we have a spot for you. Like, I remember just being elated in, in my dark room. I got down on my knees, Justin, and I just I, I, I prayed a prayer of like just thankful, thankfulness and gratitude. And I couldn't wait to tell my parents or, you know, call whoever. I think I posted a Facebook status about it because I was so excited. <laughs> and that's how it went. And, and that's how I found out that I was going to be, you know, a part of the Oklahoma State football team. Dude, that that reaction when you make the team, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah. It's like that pursuit of happiness moment. Yeah, you know, it really is. It, it really feels like that. Yeah. So for my story, it's a little bit different because we did that whole – try out and then they post a list of all the people that make it and i didn't make the team at first so in my mind i'm just thinking all right you're just going to stay positive about it there's going to be another tryout you'll just work that much harder and get there in january so i emailed coach yielding just to see if i could work out with the team while you know not being part of the roster uh, not doing any of the football drills but just just to work out to anything that I can do to give myself an advantage whenever we're going to try out again in January. So, uh, luckily he responded. He, he emailed me and told me to come to his office after class the next day. And we talked a bit about my, my background, uh, my passion for football, how I wrestled from the time I was in grade school all the way through high school. And we had, we had a few little mutual things kind of like that. And I thought, he was going to give me advice on what to do. But then he said that there was a spot that just opened up because a receiver had quit the day before and they had an open spot. So he told me to go out there, give it all I've got, go make him proud. And then next thing I know, I'm heading down to the equipment room, getting fitted for a helmet and shoulder pad. And it's like this whole whirlwind of suppressed emotions because I felt like I had to act like I belong there. But inside, I'm like trying to keep it all in, like trying not to tear up with all this excitement. I'm like looking around at all this brand new facilities in 2009 when the stadium renovation was complete. And of course, like everybody in the locker room is just a massive specimen. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if I belong here. And uh, it just went, we just went from there. It was crazy. I didn't even know how to put on ankle braces. Like the, I was like, what are these? And I just like had a, I, I watched uh Colton shelf. He was like kind of across the way on the locker room and I was like watching him. And so I was like doing it step by step, watching him as a, he kind of like tied up, laced up the ankles, ankle straps. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, when you speak about massive specimens, the first person that I saw whenever I went out there was Duran Fontenot, <laughs> who was number 24. <laughs> <laughs> linebacker on the team. His arms are bigger than my biggest thighs. Biggest arms, the biggest arms that you will ever see in your life. And I'm just like, what am I doing on this field with these freaking gladiators? <laughs> you know. So I walk over. I'm like, all right, let me just watch these guys and see what's going on over there. And the first person that said a word to me whenever I get over to the sideline was Des Bryant. And of course, I know who Des is. And he just he you know just comes up and he goes, hey, what's up, bro? In what position you play? 
So, you know, I'm talking to dads. I'm like, should I call him Mr. Bryant or, you know, hey, hey sir, like, what, you know, what's going on? <laughs> so I just, you know, I tell him what position I play and, you know, they might because whenever I first got there, they were like, hey, you're either going to be a receiver or a DB. Like, we're not sure which one yet. So I was just like, could be a receiver, it could be DB. You know, we'll see how it works out. Now, I think after they saw Justin, how quick he was and all his one hand snags, they were like, oh, yeah, Justin's going to be the receiver. We're going to put Evo <laughs> Red DB because, yo, just so y'all know, I don't know if people realize this. Before Odell Beckham Jr., Justin Southwell was out there reaching behind his head and snagging that thing from the from the dang sky. OK, um, and, and you probably saw it before every single game because we used to go out there before warm ups and just do the one handed grabs <laughs> for sure. time to shine. But you definitely just have a greater appreciation and gratitude for the program, for the game of football. Um, whenever you have to get it out the mud as a walk on, because there are so many different perks that you don't get, um, you know, that the scholarship guys do get. And it just makes you appreciate everything even more. I remember there were nights when it was me, Mike, Rob and Tyler Fields would go out to Boone Pickens Stadium at like 9 p.m. Because we wanted to run some extra 100s or get some extra work in because, like, you know, we were determined to get a scholarship or get some playing time or, you know, whatever it was. And you really, really build just a tight bond uh, with your fellow walk-ons. Yeah. And it takes time, though. Like, Dez, super nice guy. So he kind of embraced everybody that came in and. I mean, that, that's, that's what you would hope for out of a team, but it's not like that with everybody. So, um, other guys, it takes, takes a little bit of time. You got to prove yourself and, and prove that you belong there. So I, I actually remember, I guess it was after the first or second practice. Um, you know, we're all, we're all done, uh, getting ready for a shower or whatever. I'm just like walking across in a towel and I come across D Hart, who's <laughs> like six six two fifty, And he just like starts just busting out in laughter just like just because i was just like walking by and, <laughs> and i just remember thinking like bro like this is embarrassing like this dude is huge like he's so freaking big and um no it was just funny you just like it's stuff like that you just gotta like Madness. roll with it you know and then of course after like the first winter workouts get done you know your, your spring ball's done and all that stuff you go through the summer workouts Next season rolls around, and you know, D Hart's like got his arm around me, and we're buds and stuff. So, yeah, it's stuff like that, man. It's just, um, it, it's uh, you know, just experiences that you just can't explain, really. It's like you, you just you gotta, you gotta be able to take the jokes, the bond, man. Yeah, yeah, because initially they had my locker in the D line area of the locker room, yeah. so all my first friends in on the football team are all D linemen. Um, so I remember my first practice, you know, you, you talk about your first practice, Justin. my first practice that was uh, in pads. Uh, Kendall Hunter was coming down the middle, right? He runs through the middle and like in the a gap and he's just running in there. Kendall Hunter, you know, seventh in the nation in yards, you know, everybody knows how big of a stud he was. And here I am playing safety. And I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta tackle him. Like this is my first practice. I gotta make my presence felt. I'm 165 pounds at this time. <laughs> So here he is, and I see him coming straight at me. I'm like, yo, I'm about to lower my pads, and I'm about to go and fit him up. And I just go at full – and this is practice. You're like, you know you're not supposed to you know, try to hurt anybody. But here I am. I'm like, yo, this dude's coming at me. This is my first practice. I got to make something up. So I go at him full speed and just boom, just thud him up, and we both stopped. 
Okay. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't keep going forward. I didn't take him backwards, but I just stood him up right there. And I remember thinking to myself after that play, I was like, oh yeah, this is just football. I can definitely do this. And then whenever we went on to watch film the following day, um, the coach was look, looked at that play. He rewinded like three times and he goes, Batoba, great fit. <laughs> Moved over to the next play. And I just remember thinking that I was like, great fit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just those little things like that that just stick with you forever. You got to love it. You, Justin, you talked about making the team and then going on to spring ball. Once you're, you only try out once as a walk on, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's still kind of like an unspoken uh, rule about it, though. Like it's, it's kind of like, okay, you go through your workouts and stuff and you're not guaranteed a spot. Yeah. You got to earn it every single offseason. So you earn it every offseason, but, but you don't have to you could, try out. Every, you don't have to try out again. You don't have to go through those drills again. It's because um, a lot of those drills are, um, they're kind of done like through the workout regimen. Yeah. So they know your, they know all of your, um, just what your skill set is too. So you don't, you don't even get to try like football workouts. It's like just weight room stuff. Yeah, it's one but, of those things that's kind of just understood. Like yo, at any moment, yeah, you, you could be out of here. And a lot of guys actually didn't even make it season to season. Right. There were a lot of guys that were one and done. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's just Very a grind. It, it's yeah. It tons, tons of different reasons, but um, that's not for everybody. I mean, yeah. you, you don't get the training table. You don't get a free ride to college. You don't get all of these things. Some kids are still working full-time jobs because they have to afford school. You know, people who kind of, look down on walk-ons. I don't think that they really understand the grind of being a walk-on and you're doing it because you love the game and you love the team. And, you know, I, I played D3 lacrosse and I'm not trying to compare it to football at all, but I still had to work. I had internships, I had classes and D3, you don't have the same level of resources as a D1 university. So everyone there's playing because they just love the game. So for people to be like, oh, walk no, walk-ons are a very important part of the team, and I will not have the slander. That's right. <laughs> Let him there's know. a there's there's something that I want to read. Justin actually sent this uh, to our, our our former player group chat earlier this week, and I'm not going to read the entire thing, but it's a tweet from a guy named John Finkel, and I'm just going to read a little section of it. And he said uh, he was talking about why people love hard knocks so much. And a part of this is what he said. Um, what we really love about this show are the dudes screwing around on the field and in the locker room, the trash talking, the jokes, the pranks, the stupid conversations, the great convos, time with our boys. It's the oldest cliche in sports journalism, but ask a retired pro athlete what he misses the most about playing. And 99.99999% of the time, he's going to say the guys in the locker room. Dudes who thrive in that environment and get stuck in the HR-dominated corporate world feel like, they feel like they're suffocating. Entire hit shows like The Office and movies, Office Space, hammer home how soul-sucking and brain-draining and deadening most offices can be. They're the total opposite of being on a sports team. The weight room, the workouts, the motivation, the constant physical and mental competition to be better. Hard Knocks gives a lot of cubicle dudes and desk guys and work from home zombies 
a glimpse into the time of their lives when they may have had the most pure fun. Family, fatherhood, friends, it's all awesome as you get older. But deep down, we'd all like to recapture those teams, those team times as well. Some find it in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, others CrossFit or Ironmans or golf or whatever else fills that void. But nothing beats that feeling of fighting for greatness with your squad, of testing yourself daily against your peers, of ball busting and ripping on dudes you'd go to battle for. And that's what Hard Knocks really delivers. I mean, he couldn't have said it any better, right? It's I read that. I was like, yeah, no, that that's real right there. And that's what, um, you know, being a part of the Oklahoma State football team gives you. That's what trying out for this walk-on, um, you know, tryout gives you. So everybody that does go for it, man, I hope y'all make it because <laughs> it's one of the most unique experiences in the world because nobody, uh, you know, other countries don't do college athletics. So if you get to do it, just know you're a part of the – of the 1%, 0.01%. Yes. So try out. Good luck. We hope to see you out there on Saturdays in that packed boom picking stadium. 55,000 deep, baby. Let's go. Well, before <laughs> we go, uh, we have news and notes really quickly. Colin Oliver named to another watch list the bed bednarik bednarik am i I'm like double guessing double second guessing how i am saying that yeah. but yes to the chuck bednarik award this preseason he's also on the nagurski watch list so colin oliver racking up the preseason awards although he'll tell you he does not care about preseason watch lists he cares about winning on the field it's the right mindset i love it yeah, we got several guys that are on these uh, preseason watch lists. It'd be cool if uh, we could have a logo so that we could win these things. But, you know, <laughs> even you better know if they're on the finalist list. And even better if they win. So let's go, Pokes. Wide receiver, you. With that, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Guys, a little more than two weeks. Till we kick off, cannot wait. Can't wait. Like, can't wait. Can't wait. But like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, rate, review, all of the things. And of course, go pokes. Go pokes. Go pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.